We are wrapping up our sermon series in the book of Nehemiah. We started this about three months ago. Uh, It was titled, the series as a whole was titled, The Hope of a New Beginning. And three months ago, I started with the question of, do you ever feel like you need a fresh start? Do you ever feel like I just need something new again. I need to feel a a newness in my life. And we discussed the realization that all of us as individuals go through seasons of time where we need fresh starts and renewal and restoration. And we also discussed how that is very true for us as a church. And what we've done for the last three months as we've been in the book of Nehemiah is to walk through and see how God was working in his people to bring about restoration and renewal. And what we've been doing as a church is trying to consider what does this mean for us? As a people, as individuals, and as a church who needs restoration and renewal. And what we've seen week after week in this study, what it takes for us, it requires everyone playing their part, doing their part. Uh, It requires a sacrificial love for one another. It requires a focus on on our gospel mission, it requires that we become a people of faith who are striving to be faithful to God. But more importantly, what we have seen, because we should pursue all of those things, but more importantly, what we have seen in this is that for the people of God to have a new beginning, a restoration and a renewal, it's going to be dependent upon God. And what we've seen over and over again is that God is always faithful to his people. God is faithful to bring about the renewal and restoration that he desires that they longed for and that they desperately needed. God is faithful to his people in that. So turn with me to the book of Nehemiah. I want us to just highlight a few of the verses that kind of point out God at work in this story. Our sermon is titled, The God of New Beginnings. And instead of reading like we normally do a passage, we've been working through a chapter at a time. We're just going to walk through some of these chapters. We're just going to walk through a few verses from some of these chapters to see what we've been hearing about the faithfulness of God to his people. Uh, And then I'm going to pray for us and then we're going to talk about what this means for us as a church. So in Nehemiah 2, a couple of verses I want to highlight is verse 18 and verse 20. I told them, this is Nehemiah speaking to his people, I told them how the gracious hand of my God had been on me and what the king had said to me. And they said, let's start rebuilding. And their hands 
were strengthened to do this good work. And then opposition begins. And in verse 20, I gave them this reply, speaking to the opposition. The God of the heavens is the one who will grant us success. We, his servants, will start rebuilding. But you have no share, right, or historic claim in Jerusalem. So Nehemiah is speaking to his people and he's saying, hey, we can do this monumental task that's in front of us. Not because we're strong enough, but because the gracious hand of God is on us. And so we can do this. And then to the opposition, we're going to succeed in the work that the Lord has for us. Not because we're good enough and strong enough and smart enough. We're going to succeed because God is going to grant the success. God is going to do this for us. Further on in Nehemiah, when we get to Nehemiah 4 and verse 20, opposition had been growing against the people of God. And Nehemiah is gathering them for the work as, as the threat, physical threat, is growing against the people of God who are trying to rebuild. And Nehemiah encourages the people with verse 20, Wherever you hear the trumpet sound, rally to us there. Our God will fight for us. We're going to be able to endure whatever we face, not because we're strong enough, Our God is going to fight for us. And then in Nehemiah 6, the outsiders, the opposition, were trying to intimidate Nehemiah as the completion of the wall was coming to a close. And in verse 15 and 16, we see this. In spite of all of that, The wall was completed in 52 days. On the 25th day of the month of Elul, when all our enemies heard this, all the surrounding nations were intimidated and lost their confidence, for they realized that this task had been accomplished by our God. The work that had been done, yes, they were being faithful to what God had for them, but the reason it was accomplished and the reason the opposition realized We are in trouble here is because God was at work in his people. And lastly, as the people of God were not only rebuilding the walls around their city, but reforming their hearts. In chapter 9, a chapter on repentance and confession of sin, over and over they confessed not only their sin, but the faithfulness of God to the nation. And so in verse 17 of chapter 9, they refused to listen and did not remember your wonders that you performed among them. They became stiff-necked and appointed a leader to return to their slavery in Egypt. But you are a forgiving God, gracious and compassionate, slow to anger and abounding in faithful love. And you did not abandon them. On to verse 31, however, in your abundant compassion, you did not destroy them or abandon them, for you are a gracious and compassionate God. And then verse 33, you were righteous 
concerning all that has happened to us because you have acted faithfully while we have acted wickedly. God has continuously been at work in his people to bring about the renewal and restoration that he had for them. And that's still true for us today. Let me pray for us, and I want us to consider how that is true for us still today. Heavenly Father, you are good and kind and faithful and loving, and we praise you for that. I pray that you will work in our hearts and minds now. Help us believe the truths that we are going to hear. Change our lives because of it. It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. So the central truth that I want us to keep in mind for the whole book of Nehemiah, this isn't just for today, but it's what we've been seeing throughout the whole book of Nehemiah, is that God is a God of new beginnings. God is a God of new beginnings. Now, we started Nehemiah 1 with that as our central truth. God is a God of new beginnings. But I want us to end this series in Nehemiah with that because that's been the overarching theme of the whole story. But it's not just the theme for Nehemiah. It's been true from the beginning of Scripture all the way through It is a story of God being a God of new beginnings. He proves to us over and over that that is true. Those verses in Nehemiah just kind of capture some of the different ways that we have seen that God was faithful to his people to bring about the new beginning that they had, that they needed He was rebuilding his people back into the land that he had for them in order to prepare the way for the Savior of the world. Because God had been promising from the fall, from when sin entered this world, that he was going to send one who is going to turn the world right side up again. And so God was getting his people ready back in their land in order to send that Savior, His Son. And so He remained faithful to His people through it all. Even though they were rebellious, He remained faithful. And what I want us to focus on today is for us to see that God being a God of new beginnings is not just for the people of Nehemiah's day. It's not just for that story. Because it's easy for us in our broken world and our sinful hearts to think, yeah, but that's 2,400 years ago. Yeah, but they have a different story than I have. I don't know that this could be true for me, that God has a new beginning for me. And what I want us to consider, and what Scripture teaches over and over again, is that God is committed to new beginnings for us. And I want us to walk through some scriptures in the New Testament that point that out, that just highlight this reality that God is a God of new beginnings. I want us to see how committed the Lord is to new beginnings. So the first truth that I want us to see is this. A new beginning is possible 
because of the faithful love of the Father. A new beginning is possible because of the faithful love of the Father. See, what we typically end up doing, thinking about new beginnings in our lives, is we think of like, well, what do I need to do? I've got to work harder. I've got to work better. I've got to be smarter. I've got to do these things to bring this about. And what I want us to see, more importantly, is how committed God is to the new beginning in our life and in our church. A new beginning is possible because of the faithful love of the Father. A familiar verse for many of us. John 3, verse 16. For God loved the world in this way. He gave His one and only Son, so that everyone who believes in Him will not perish, but have eternal life. God the Father was so committed to a new beginning for people that He sent His one and only Son, Jesus, to this world so that we would not perish in our sins, but instead we would be given eternal life. And why did He do that? The verse says, He did that because He loved us. He did that because He loved the world. God so loved the world. He loved the world in this way. He was so committed to a bunch of sinners like us that He said, I will send My Son for them. That is true for an individual who needs the forgiveness of sins. And that is true for the church who needs renewal and restoration. It is possible because of the Father's faithful love. And Scripture teaches us that our God is a God of faithful love to His people. So a new beginning is possible because of the faithful love of the Father. The second truth I want us to see is this. A new beginning has been purchased by the shed blood of Jesus. A new beginning has been purchased by the shed blood of Jesus. In the book of Ephesians, chapter 2, one of my favorite chapters, we read this, starting in verse 3. We too all previously lived among them in our fleshly desires, carrying out the inclinations of our flesh and thoughts. And we were by nature children under wrath, as the, other were, as the others were also. But God, who is rich in mercy, because of his great love that he had for us, made us alive with Christ even though we were dead in trespasses, you were saved by grace. Praise God for that. And skipping on into that, further on into that chapter, verse 12. At that time, you were without Christ, excluded from the citizenship of Israel and foreigners to the covenants of promise, without hope and without God in the world. But now, in Christ Jesus, you who were far away have been brought near by the blood of Christ. 
Jesus Christ shed His blood in order to bring outsiders in. In order to bring rebellious sinners who, verse 3, says are children under wrath or children of wrath. Enemies of God. Jesus Christ shed His blood so that we could be brought in. Scripture goes on to use the language of adoption. That uh, being brought near. That you were adopted. You were brought into the family of God. Made sons and daughters of the Most High. And it happened because Jesus Christ paid the price. Jesus Christ paid the debt. He paid it with His own blood. He shed His blood on the cross and died so that we could receive the forgiveness of sin. So you think, I don't know how committed the Lord is to new beginnings. I'm not sure. Look at what it cost. Jesus paid the price of giving up His life, His blood shed, in order to purchase new beginnings for us. The third thing I want us to see is this. A new beginning is fueled by the power of the Holy Spirit. A new beginning is fueled by the power of the Holy Spirit. Yes, there are things that uh, believers should do, things that we should strive for. But this comes through the work of God in our lives, the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives. Galatians chapter 5, verse 16, I say then, walk by the Spirit, and you will certainly not carry out the desires of the flesh. And then after going into the sinful desires of the flesh, he turns in verse 22 and says, The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. The law is not against such things. Now those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. If we live by the Spirit, let us also keep in step with the Spirit. The Holy Spirit produces these things in our lives, the things that God is calling us to. He's producing love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Everything that God desires for us, everything that God has called us to, God Himself is working these into our lives. So not only did the Father love a bunch of sinners like us, and not only did the Son shed His blood for us, but now the Spirit of God, for those who have trusted in Jesus, the Spirit of God is working in us to produce the life that God has called us to. God is not sitting back with His arms crossed wondering, I wonder if they're going to get it right this time. I wonder if they're going to do what I've called them to this time. God is so committed to transforming you 
So committed to bringing about renewal and restoration that he is placing his spirit in the believers of Jesus Christ and shaping them into the people that he has called them to do. He's not a passive God. He is actively at work to renew and restore his people, to transform us and shape us into the people that he's called us to be. So God is so committed to us living out the life that he's called us to that he's provided his spirit for believers to shape us, to help empower it, to make it happen, empower us to make it happen. So the question we started this series with, do you ever long for renewal and restoration, is a question still for today. For every one of us, and for us as a church, Dogwood, and every one of us here can have renewal and restoration. And the church as a whole can have renewal and restoration, not because of something in us, but because of the goodness of our God that we were singing about. It's because of God's goodness. God is a God of new beginnings. Now, if you're here today and you have never trusted in Jesus for salvation, if you've never received Christ for the forgiveness of your sins, there's good news. The good news is that discussion that you've been hearing over and over of God being a God of new beginnings. New beginnings are available to you today because this is true. We are all sinners, every single person in this room. We have all rebelled against a holy God. And yet God is so committed to renewing us, restoring us, that what we have walked through, we believe and confess here as truth. That the Father loves us, that the Son shed His blood for us, and that the Spirit is at work to bring about new beginnings. And so if you're here today and you think, I don't have that kind of relationship. I don't, I don't feel like I've ever received the forgiveness of my sins. What we would ask you to consider is not to leave today until you've spoken with me or another ministry leader, one of our elders, because we would love to share the good news of the gospel and the hope that we have because of the shed blood of Jesus Christ. So please, if you're here and you're thinking, I have questions about that, don't leave today without speaking to one of us and letting us share the the hope that's available because of Jesus. Now, church, what a faithful God we have. Amen? What a faithful God we have. He is always at work in His people. And he always has been at work in his people to renew us, to restore us. That's who he is. The Father set his love on us. Imagine that. Our Heavenly Father has set his love on us. Jesus Christ the Son has shed his blood for us. And now the Spirit of God is at work in us, church. To shape us and transform us into the people that God is calling us to be. That applies to us as individuals. And that applies to us 
dogwood. So dogwood, he is committed to renewal and restoration. Don't ever doubt that. He's proved it over and over that he is committed to renewal and restoration. He is committed to new beginnings. We want to be a vibrant, healthy church. Every one of us do. We wouldn't show up every Sunday if that wasn't true. We want to be a vibrant, healthy church. We want to be a church that's committed to our mission. We want to be a church that's faithful to our loving God. And as we pursue that, as a body of believers, we pursue that knowing this is going to happen because, not of something in us, but it's going to happen because the faithfulness of our God. Because God is a God of new beginnings. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, you were so good and faithful. We thank you and praise you for that. God, keep working. Thank you for your patience with us. Thank you for your love for us. Keep working in us to make us a people faithful to you, obedient to you, transformed because of you. God, I do pray for any who have questions about salvation today that you would stir in their hearts a desire to know the truth that's available and the forgiveness that's available because of Jesus. It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen.